Welcome to the Confessions of a Working Mom podcast, where we bring you real-life working mom stories, tips, tricks, and advice for thriving and surviving in motherhood, because you shouldn't have to experience working motherhood alone. Join our community of support as we discuss all of the things and how we get by in this sometimes crazy and imperfect journey of working motherhood. Today, we're talking about something that is very important and very relevant, especially in the recent months with the worldwide pandemic going on. And today I have here with me, Alex Haynes, who is going to be talking about stress and anxiety among moms, among working moms, and giving us some really great and relevant tips that we can take away and I'm so excited for this conversation. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Alex. How are you doing today? I am good, Kelly. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really excited to do this with you. Yes, I'm so excited that I can uh, have you on. Thank you. So just a little backstory for the audience. Alex has written a blog post series on my blog, The Working Mom Collective. So now we're kind of coming together and putting it all together in a podcast and just having a candid conversation about the topic. Very excited for that. Yes, me too, especially because this topic I think is important to both of us. Yes, for sure. So Alex, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your family, kind of your career and who you currently help now online and what Absolutely. Okay. So I am a mom of two boys uh, and they are nine and seven. And before I was a mom, I was a mental health therapist and I stopped that to become a stay-at-home mom when I had my kids. However, I've missed it and I have recently started blogging and I am now a life coach for moms dealing especially with anxiety and trying to teach self-worth, building self-worth to moms because I feel like it's something we all need. We all struggle with. We all go through ups and downs in motherhood. Anxiety is a huge part of it. I feel from the minute you see that pregnancy test turn positive, the anxiety, it just doesn't stop for different reasons. And some moms just need a little more help dealing with it. Some moms need a whole lot more help dealing with it. So I wanted to come back and be able to work but not sacrifice my kids. So that's why instead of going back to a full-time therapist, I started my blog as a life coach, hoping to be able to reach more moms and to teach more moms how to balance all of that out. I was just going to say, I yeah, I love that you made that decision for your family. So I still work a corporate job. And so trying to run everything on the side and, and do the family thing can get quite stressful. I don't know how you girls that work outside of the home do it. I have so much respect for working moms. My sister-in-law is a working mom, like out of the home and or she was, you know, before the pandemic. And I just see how hard it is to balance all of that. So I, I have so much respect. I mean, I feel like us stay-at-home moms and working-at-home moms have it hard too, but the ones that are coming and going, I mean, that's some serious girl power right there. I love it. Yeah, I like to say all moms have you know, struggles and different struggles. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, some days are crazier than others. <laughs> that is true, no matter what you do. And <laughs> uh, being a mom is definitely not easy, but it's so worth it, isn't it? Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Yes. So yeah, I actually just 
recently published an article about kind of my motherhood experience and motherhood journey, Confessions of a Corporate Mom. And yes. Yeah. So I go into that a lot about how, you know, it's hard. It's really hard, especially the first few years, but it is so worth it. It is. Great. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, so anxiety, topic that come up like throughout my working mom career, I've kind of had different topics on anxiety on my blog and just have, you know, become more aware of it because all of the added pressures and all of the added things that come along with motherhood, I think adds to the anxiety. And then if you don't get it under control, it can get really bad really quick. So yes, anxiety is one of those snowball effect things. I think that we all can start small and you lose control and it's not easy to find yourself down that rabbit hole of anxiety. Yeah, for sure. How would you define anxiety? Well, anxiety, the way most people describe it, it's it's just your reaction to a situation which you perceive as stressful or dangerous. And if you Google it, that's what will come up. But I think that is the easiest way to understand anxiety is that it is a reaction to what is going on around you and how you feel that it will affect you, which is why some people have a harder time dealing with anxiety because, you know, it's kind of like trying to face an unknown situation and being prepared for it. And you don't know quite what's going to happen. So some people react a little bit stronger than others because you feel that tension, that fear, and that stress that's coming at you. Sometimes before it's even uh, something that's in reality, you know, it could be in your mind as dangerous, but you're trying to deal with it. You're trying to deal with it and fix it before it even happens. Right. Yeah. I think that is probably what you just described is my biggest thing like that I do. Like I constantly, and I'm trying to get better at it, but I do it a lot to where my husband is like, stop stressing about the future. And I'm like, it's so hard. It is really hard. It's hard to control your feelings. I mean, you know, emotions, they're just emotions and the way you feel about things. But especially as a mom, when you're trying to keep everyone safe and you're trying to keep family life going and you hear about all these things that are coming at you, you just tend to react and you want to be as prepared as possible. And you can't be because you don't know exactly what it is that you're facing. So it becomes difficult. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So yeah, I know you had talked about in the blog post series how it's just hard to notice sometimes what's really going on. And we get, we kind of go into this, we called it survival mode. Yes. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, survival mode is kind of like the pandemic is an example, just because I'm trying to make it a little bit more realistic. So, you know, we have this whole COVID-19 going on. And the truth is, because it's a new virus, we just don't know about it. And you and all of us have, you know, you constantly hear the news and it's changing. And, you know, one day you do this, one day you do that. And so how do you prepare for something you have never seen before? So what we do is what I called survival mode is we just do the best that we can. We prepare the best that we can. We think of every scenario, you know, for us and for our family, and we try to uh, be prepared for it. But sometimes that becomes unrealistic in how far you can take that. You can go on overload, which is how we ended up with a toilet paper shortage because nobody knew what we were facing. And I know like now we can go back and kind of laugh at it. Some of us can. Some people I hear are still having trouble with that. So 
But it's just one of those things, you know, that that is our fear is that we are not going to be prepared. We react to something that has nothing to do with what's really going on. And it just kind of snowballs into this effect, you know, so you hoard all your toilet paper, but then you realize, wait a minute, now I can't get, you know, Clorox wipes. Maybe that's what I really needed because it's a virus. So you kind of go into survival mode for the things that you know. So you prepare for those things, trying to be in control of the things that you are not sure of what's going to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes total sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's hard to control the unknown. And we even do this in motherhood, you know, like when we're pregnant, we start buying all the baby clothes. Here's a great one that we do, right? So we buy all the baby clothes and we buy all the bottles and we buy all the the big items that everybody talks about. But then you get your kid home and you realize that maybe your baby was 10 pounds and the 20 boxes of newborn diapers are not going to cut it for more than a day. So you don't have what you really need. So because you're trying to be as prepared as you can be. But it's an unknown. You really don't know at the end of the day what you're going to come home to, what you're really going to need. So you have all of these things in your house that are great to have, but they're not exactly what you need. And I think that's one of the first obstacles in being a mom that at least for me, I found was my newborn diapers did not last me more than a couple of days. And I was a little bit unprepared when my firstborn came home. Yeah, for sure. I had actually had the opposite problem. My daughter was a little smaller and we didn't mm-hmm. have a ton of newborn stuff. <laughs> so that's <laughs> Or, you know, moms that have preemies and then nothing fits because everyone's like, oh, they're going to grow everything so fast. They'll get the three months. You're like, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. then you have a tiny baby and no clothes for it. But so it's kind of go, it's that instinct that we have really. Survival mode is just preparing the best that you can for something that's unknown. Yeah, I love that definition. And great example with the pandemic, because I was going to ask about stress and anxiety during the pandemic. It has just been elevated for everyone. I think even people that were the most even-tempered or didn't struggle with it as much, I think everyone has just been impacted by it. It has, and I think the anxiety and the stress has just shown at different times for some people. I feel like some people really panicked at the beginning, and then those that were trying to keep it cool are now panicking because we still don't know and life is still not back to normal. So now that anxiety that they've been kind of hiding or pretending isn't there is really coming out, and it's coming out even more aggressively just for them. Emotionally, it's just been really hard hard because, you know, you're trying to be calm at the beginning and now it's all just kind of built up and built up, you know, on top of you. And I think I talked about that a little bit in the blog series too, that sometimes when we face things that are anxiety producing, we tend to, as human beings, pretend that things are not as bad as they seem, or we ignore it or we put it away for later. And then when we're forced to deal with it, it's sometimes uncontrollable and too hard to deal with. And one of the best things that you can do in a stressful situation and what's really going on in front of you and deal with it as best as you can, because the longer you wait, the harder it's going to be on you. And then, you know, that trickles down into your family. Mm-hmm. You know, your kids feel it, your spouse feels it, your work feels it, house chores, you know, everything becomes affected when you don't feel like you're in control anymore. So as hard as it is, when things get difficult, we need to face it as best as we can when we first hear about it. And maybe go into that survival mode, even if we're not fully prepared, but at least you're taking control and you're accepting that something is wrong. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I've never had good experiences with these feelings in my life. So. Mm-hmm. 
I think we all have Kelly, trust me. And I think that's another thing about anxiety is that people don't realize. And again, moms, since we're talking to moms and about moms, you don't want to admit that there's a problem or that you can't handle something or that you need help with something. And that that just makes everything so much harder on you. Being able to accept it and ask for help, even though I feel like in our society, sometimes that's not what we're told we should do. It really is what we should do because it makes things so much easier to just be able to have a healthy balance with them. You know, asking for help is not a bad thing. Reaching out and saying, I feel overwhelmed and I can't do this actually takes a stronger person than the person who's trying to hide it. Just because you're able to face your true emotions and say, hey, I need help. We all need help. Every human being at some point needs help at one point or another. Yeah, I think that's really great advice. Um, I think a lot of times as moms, we think or, you know, we feel like we should be able to do it all and to do Mm -hmm. it and not have, you know, stress about like managing things. And so I I definitely think, yeah, just reach out for help. Um, I think that's great. A great tip. Yeah, especially now, like, you know, in this unknown time, I mean, you know, we're all kind of living in a way that we want life to be back to normal. But I just feel like every day, it's just not or, you know, the big joke about 2020 just keeps getting worse. Like this is a good time to say, hey, you know, you're not alone. We're all struggling. We're all trying to learn. And right now, school is starting in so many places this week. And I'm just seeing so many moms just Mm -hmm. feel that pressure of something new, something more that's added on top of everything else. And it's not easy. And if you need help, say, I need help. Someone, I found so many moms willing to help other moms. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of you admitting to yourself, hey, somebody help me, please. Yeah, for sure. And that the whole going back to school, that could be an entirely separate podcast topic. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, definitely. So tell us a little bit about, so we've gone over, you know, what is anxiety? How can we recognize it? Reaching out for help and support. So what else, what other kind of like coping skills would you say that moms can do in the face of anxiety? So coping skills just sound so fancy to me, like whenever I say coping skills, but really all that they are are different techniques or methods that you can use things to help you deal with that stress or, you know, when your emotions just feel really out of control. So I know like a lot of people are like, I don't even know what coping skills are, but that's really all they are, are things that you can do, habits you can form to help you to feel better about yourself. So in the series that I did for you, I talked about five easy ones. Well, that I I think are easy and you can do anywhere. And the first one, which when I wrote about it, I was like, listen, I know people are tired of hearing about this, but it's count to 10. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times do we hear that? You hear it from like kindergarten on up, right? But the reason you hear it so much is because it actually does work. So, you know, when you feel really overwhelmed, if you can just stop, just stop. I mean, count to 10 or just take a few seconds to yourself, whichever you want to do and breathe. And that really helps you to kind of calm down you know, the added oxygen to your brain from the breathing, it just helps you to relieve the stress. So counting to 10 when you hear it, I know it's some people just kind of roll their eyes and go with it. But if you really do it, it really does help you. And another one that we already talked about is accepting your feelings, you know, being able to admit and say, hey, something's not right. I need help with this. Accepting it. Then you can stop and kind of think about how bad is it really? Like, is this something like, is it, you know, I'm out of toilet paper, so I'm stressed out about what am I going to do? Or is this so bad that you just sit in your room and you don't come out and face your daily struggles? Like we have to accept that something is wrong. Take a minute 
and say, wait a minute, how bad is this really? Can I work through this on my own or do I need to call someone to get me out of this, you know, slump that I'm in? The third one is, and I'm huge on this, Kelly, and I write about this a lot, is journaling. I think journaling is one of the best things that you can do, especially when you're dealing with anxiety. Journaling is just a safe way to be able to express your thoughts, write down what you're feeling. And there's so many different ways to do that. You know, it can help you stay more organized, which for a lot of people, when they're stressed or overwhelmed, being organized really helps. It can be somewhere where you can just write you know, really angry words that you can't say to anybody else, but you just feel inside and you just can vent them out. Or you could just sit down and color, which I have been doing recently, is just sit down and color because you just need a few minutes of quiet and to yourself. So journaling is huge. It's my go-to, I think, coping skill for most of the mental health issues that I have dealt with. Yeah, I love that. I also journal and I try to do it once a day. Sometimes I don't always get to it, but I do always feel way better when I, even if it's just like a couple sentences or mm-hmm. a couple words or something like getting those feelings out always makes me feel better. And I um, have also read some girls are really doing affirmation journaling, which I think is really good, which is where you do, you know, the positive thinking and you work through those steps, through those thoughts. And you try to keep yourself positive. That's a great one, too, uh, for people who are really struggling with their anxiety. Yeah. That's and great. then, yeah, it's really great. I love that positivity that comes with that. And then another one that is basic that we all know is to eat healthy and exercise more, which I I wrote something about that. It's just terrible to give that advice right now because we are all stress eating. Nobody wants to really do anything, but it's so important that you try your hardest to be healthy as best as you can. Baby steps, right? You have good days, bad days, but baby steps. Definitely agree with that one. So yeah. When I've tried to keep up the exercise part, but eating healthy, I do eat healthy. But then during like during the pandemic, you know, it just the stress eating sets in. <laughs> did you do the bread baking, which everybody else felt trapped to? I did not, no. Because that was one of the things I wrote about is like, it's a great hobby. It's a great stress relief, but then you eat the bread. So it's kind of like a, a good <laughs> and bad all together. <laughs> Yeah, but we do agree. So one of the things I make sure that I do every day is some form of movement. So whether that be like yoga, uh, walk outside or a ride on my Peloton bike, I'm doing some kind of movement and I yes. to beat myself up anymore if I don't do all of them in a day. Like if I do one, I consider myself successful. I think so. I would say so. Here's another one um, that I find fun is I've taken to just random dance parties with my kids. Like we'll put on one or two of their favorite songs and just dance around the house. You just start laughing and giggling. You're moving, you're jumping around, you get that heart rate up. And it's something, especially moms with really little kids, mine aren't that little, but we still like to do it. But you involve your kids, you have a few minutes of really good quality time, but you're also getting a little bit of exercise in and getting that stress out of your muscles. So yeah, I love that. Yeah, that was another fun one that I've recently have been kind of, I don't know, I I keep telling everyone just do a dance party with your kids. And even the older kids, they have a good time with it too. So yeah. Um, like TikTok videos and things that people are posting. It looks like like entire families are getting involved. So that's fun to see. They are. Me and my little one tried to do one of those one time. I think it took us the whole day to get it right. So we danced all day before we were, we didn't film it, but we did it. <laughs> so it was just fun to be able to catch on to one of those. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, th- this is really great advice. So what would you, self-care. So we talked about self-care a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. And so all of these things that we're talking about, exercise, stress relief, and journaling, journaling. Um, mm-hmm. eating healthy, and all of these things could be considered self-care, right? Because absolutely. Mm-hmm. It has to be like, look like a certain way. Like it has to be a bubble bath or like something extravagant that you do for yourself, like going to the spa, but that's not necessarily like every, you know, what self-care is, right? No, self-care is just doing those things that make you feel good about you. So yeah, you know, in an ideal world, we all want to go to the spa once a week, but it's just not always something we could do. So you find those little things that make you feel good. And for some, you know, I know someone who exercises their self-care and it is a top priority for them. You know, other people, it's reading. Other people, it's just being able to go out on a walk, whatever it is that's going to make you feel good about you is what self-care is. The big stuff is awesome. And I hope we can all go get massages again soon, you know, comfortably. But no, that you don't have to do that big stuff. It's the little things that you can do around the house that just make you feel good about you and that you're making time to do for you. Even the journaling for some people having those few minutes to themselves, you know, they make a, a cup of coffee or tea and they can sit down for five, 10 minutes in silence. That's huge for them. That's part of their self-care so whatever makes you feel comfortable whatever makes brings joy to your day yeah so yeah so yeah I know I posted like a couple weeks back on Instagram about like what are people's like non-negotiable that you have to do every day Mm -hmm. and I was kind of sad to see a couple moms said I actually don't do anything and I was like you really should (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you you should no I agree with you and it's amazing like you hear so much about self-care especially on social media that you just assume everybody's kind of doing their own thing yeah. but there are a lot of moms that just cannot do what they want to do just for different reasons you know they just have really busy lives but it is important it be something simple I mean something as simple as maybe just drinking your coffee outside by yourself that is huge or maybe taking a shower before bed it's just those few minutes of quiet of something a little bit extra that you can do for yourself are really going to go a long way. Yeah, definitely. And I know for myself, I didn't realize how valuable that was until I became a mom. Yes, I know, because you're used to having, you know, being able to do whatever you want when you want, and all of a sudden you can't. Mm -hmm. And for so long, especially when your kids are little and newborns, you don't even have time to think about. I mean, you barely have time to get yourself to eat a proper meal, much less think about those things. But they really are important and they do get easier as your kids get a little bit older and a little bit more independent. So, you know, for your moms that have those tiny little kids, you and I have been there, we know, and um, it gets easier. It does get easier to find time. I'm not going to say parenting and being a mother gets easier, but finding time for yourself gets easier. I do want to point that one out. It's a, being a mom, I don't think ever gets easy. It's just different, different times need different things. Right. It probably just evolves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, I definitely Mm -hmm. a big proponent of um, finding even five minutes a day to do something. Um, And it's crazy when you say it out loud, like everyone should be like, oh, it's just five minutes. It's really not easy to find five minutes sometimes. I know know. sometimes it's just, yeah, some days are harder than others. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay, great. So yeah, I just have a little bit of like a lightning round. Uh, that I asked all my guests just to get to know you a little bit better and find out like kind of what you're working on and stuff like that. Sure. This is actually a perfect transition because my first question I typically ask is what 
is your non-negotiable practice that you have to do every day? Oh, you're gonna put me on the spot here, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> so for me, the one thing I have to do is I have to take a shower in the morning. And I know like that sounds maybe yeah. a little too simple sometimes, but it makes such a difference. Like the days I don't do it, I can't function. No, so I'm- that's like, that's my time is my shower in the morning. And that's something I won't give up. Don't give up. I've actually taught my kids that they have, you know, at least 10 minutes in the morning. Like since they were little, they've known that. And like I said, now that they're older, it's a lot easier than now they just, you know, watch their show before breakfast and it's all good. But when they were little, that was such a struggle. But I could tell such a big difference between when I was able to get my morning going the right way and when I wasn't. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If I skip out on my daily practices, my whole day just it kind of gets flipped off, flipped to the side. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't go the way it should. <laughs> No, it doesn't. You would think it's not even that big a deal, but it really is. It is. Yeah, it is. It's a big like mindset um, thing. So yeah. Yeah. So say you're having kind of like a hard day. So maybe you didn't do your morning thing. Like you didn't take that shower and get those minutes to yourself. Yeah. And then so everything's just kind of crazy. And like maybe the kids are just kind of cranky or something's going on. What would you do, like, what would be a hack you would do to, like, kind of turn the day around and make it more positive? You know, that's a really hard one when you word it that way. So if the whole day is going wrong, what would I do to change it around? Yeah, is there something particular, like, so one of my other guests said, like, go outside and get fresh air and go for, like, a walk with your kids. So, you know, yes. That would be a good one. But I find for me, when the days get that bad, we bake something, which goes completely goes against my eating healthy I talked about earlier. But when the days are that bad, I just stop everything. I'm like, let's make some cookies or some brownies, or let's just do something that has nothing to do with anything, but a really fun end result. And you can't go wrong with brownies. So usually that's what we end up doing. I do try to do the outside one too. But if I'm being honest, it's that on the really bad days where everything's wrong, we just, we bake something. I love I enjoy that. it. Mm-hmm. fun activity to just kind of raise the spirit yeah yes I, and it usually leads to those dance parties while we wait for it to bake so you know we turn on the music loud they get to pick whatever song they want and we just dance and wait for whatever it is to come out of the oven it's really nice it's actually even though they're the worst days they're some of the best moments you know like we just laugh and giggle but yeah you know the day's been a disaster <laughs> that's a great put it yeah mm-hmm so um, the next thing for your, who's some people that have influenced you? So either like your favorite authors, experts, other bloggers, or podcasts. Okay, so recently, as I've been expanding in my blogging, I have met some really inspirational people. And one of them, I think you've worked with her too, is Liz at Bottomless Mimosa. Yes, yeah. I really interview with her next week. Oh, you do? That's awesome. But yeah, she is really inspirational. She's actually who I was thinking about when I was talking about the affirmative journaling. She's just so, like, she's very motivating. Uh, If you follow her on Instagram and stuff, she's always posting stuff like that. Liz at This Little Home of Mine, uh, blog 
mm-hmm. was very helpful to me when I started my homeschool journey with my kids. Okay. And she does a lot for moms too, really focuses. She's got four little kids and has some great tips and ideas, you know, just for family life and homeschooling and that kind of a thing. And, you know, when your mind goes blank, when someone asks you a question, right? <laughs> I feel like that just happened. No, I know. Yeah, there's so many that I follow and listen to and I'm always yeah. onto that list. So I totally get it. I'm like, yeah, I have so many podcasts on my queue right now to listen to. I'm like, I don't even think I can get through yeah. six months if I like listen to them all in a row. <laughs> no. And, you know, I like to follow. Oh, you know who another great person is if you're trying to start a blog or a business is Lauren Kidd at home entrepreneur. Oh, I have heard she, of her. Yeah. You have heard of her. She is so wonderful and she's very realistic about how to do things, which I love because, you know, when you're trying to start out in this blog industry, you get a lot of mixed messages. <laughs> so I, yes, she has been incredibly inspirational and helpful to me to getting to where I am right now with my blog. So she's another big one that I really do follow a but... And there's so many other ones, Kelly, if I'm being honest, but I feel bad. Like I've like completely blank, but there's so many great moms out there just doing so many great things. I feel like, you know, blogging and podcasting is taking off and just listening to some inspirational stories from so many moms has been great, but they're out there. There's some amazing moms out there. Yeah. I think it's really great. So within, I mean, within the last couple of years, you know, it's through my blogging journey and now podcasting, but just making those connections that you mm-hmm. didn't have the chance to do, that has been just such a great benefit to being in the online space. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do like seeing so many more moms. I feel like a few years ago, you didn't see so many moms telling their stories and reaching out in their own ways. And, you know, me too, in the last few years, since I started this, I've just come across so many incredible moms and that that are willing to put it all out there so that you can learn from them in different ways and using their talents. And that's the other thing is, you know, we're all different at different things. So I like seeing how different moms are using their talents to help other moms get through their mom journey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I actually, one of the reasons why I started the Working Mom Collective about two and a half years ago was because I seen there wasn't a whole lot of blogs about working moms yeah well out there but there's not that much content so I'm like in addition to you know that's what I'm truly passionate about I'm like I really want to get this out there more yes and I think it's important I think there's so much out there like you said for the stay-at-home mom but the moms that are you know, still in the workforce, you don't find as much. I completely agree with that. I think you're, you're doing great to do this and to bring attention to this other group of moms that also has all of these other issues going on. I love it. I love that what you do. Thank you. So for you, what in your blogging world or your business are you currently working on that you're really excited about? I am actually really excited uh, for my blog to do coaching sessions. I'm trying to come up with a new coaching program. I just finished an anxiety workbook in a journal style. So you kind of journal through your feelings and your emotions and that will be up next week. So I'll let you know when that's up, but I'll have that on my website available. And then after that, I want to do actual coaching sessions. So I'm working towards that project right now. They'll go together to really deal with the whole anxiety as a mom, mom, I don't want to say issue or problem, but to help moms that are dealing with that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's great. I think there's such a need for that. And Mm -hmm. there, sometimes people don't realize maybe that they're struggling that much, but if they just see someone like you put it out there and say, Hey, you know, 
come check this out. There maybe it, it, something will click and they'll go, okay, well, maybe I am struggling a little bit. Maybe I should reach out. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't even, you know, when you say anxiety, people think it has to be this big problem or big mental health issue or anything. And sometimes it's just little daily stressors uh, that are just eating away at you and getting at you that you just need a little help, like being able to organize yourself or being able to set some goals. And I talk about that in my workbook, I'm sorry, a lot. You know, it teaches you the differences between depression, anxiety, and stress and how to set goals to help those things. And sometimes it's very simple things to help you. It doesn't have to be, you know, admitting I have anxiety isn't admitting I have this huge problem. I need a little help getting myself going again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think that, yeah, yeah. that is a perfect explanation of that. So where can people find you online? So you're at Coffee with Pixie Dust. Dot com. Uh-huh. That's my website. And the same handle for uh, the social media. I have Coffee with Pixie Dust on Instagram and as well as a Facebook group uh, where I will be doing a lot more lives. Then I might be starting soon to teach more. Like I would do more lives like for fun, but I want to do it more in a teaching style to really help moms learn how to f- how to deal with all of these things. Awesome. And can they also find the workbook you referenced on your website? Yes. And like I said, it will be up next week, but yes, it will be available on my website. There'll probably be a link for it in Instagram as well for that. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And I will mm-hmm. put all your links in the show notes as well. So people can oh, thank you. Yes. Click and find you and get all of your great resources. Thank you. I appreciate Kelly. I really appreciate you having me on your show and and sharing all this with your followers. Oh, yeah. It was my pleasure. I thought this conversation was just so relevant. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to me. And Absolutely. You know, let's connect again in the future. Because there's I know yes. tons, of, tons of topics and tons of things. We can probably keep talking for hours about this. <laughs> I bet we could, too. I would love to. Anytime. You let me know. Okay. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Alex. Sure, Kelly. Have a good day. You too. Thank you so much for listening in today to Confessions of a Working Mom podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes of this episode for all the links to what we've talked about today. Also, head on over to theworkingmomcollective.com to sign up for my free five-day challenge for creating a working mom non-negotiable routine. We've all been there, stressed out, burnt out, and overwhelmed as working moms handling all of the things. My free challenge will walk you through step-by-step my exact method for creating a working mom routine that takes you from burnout to actually waking up and feeling great about your day. And finally, Please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review if you have a few minutes. Tell your working mom friends and anyone else that might be interested in this content. I'd love as many moms as possible to gain value from the podcast. If you'd like to nominate someone or yourself to be a guest, please contact me at kelly at theworkingmomcollective.com. I am so happy you chose to listen in today, and I cannot wait to dive into next week's topic with you.